Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Opsett, sitting down with Mr. Keith Myers. Hey, Keith. Hey, so, um, yeah, we're talking We're talking about another Seahawk loss again. And this time, they, they lost to a bad team. Yeah. And we went into this game, Keith, saying, man, if they lose to the Atlanta Falcons, what's that say about the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. Well, they lost. I mean, they played good enough on offense to win but their defense was absolutely horrible in fact the the it just keeps getting worse it's like they started out bad against denver it got really bad against the 49ers and they barely showed up in this last game yeah i mean the atlanta's not good and to give up that many points right to give up um yeah to give up 400 yards yeah, 400 yards, yards of offense to a right. to a, a guy in Mariota who's kind of a career backup. I mean, it's only been he's been a backup for a couple of seasons, but he wasn't good in Tennessee. That's why how he ended up as a backup for a couple of seasons. Um, they give up and, a ton of yards. I mean, and, and let at, him run all over him too. Yeah, doing, and then doing it. and the running defense just has not looked good yet at all in no. any game. No, and and. Okay, so who are the two or three players that you point to in in that situation specifically? Like Daryl um, Daryl Taylor, Cody Barton, and Puna Ford. I mean, who else is out there not making the right reads and, and plays? Quentin Jefferson. Quentin Jefferson has gotten himself out of position a lot. Um, yeah, and Jordan uh, Brooks. Let's say it, Jordan Brooks. Jordan Jordan Brooks played better in this game. Yeah. He played better in this game than against San Francisco. He um, was up. He, he you look at his tackles. He made a bunch of tackles up closer to the line of scrimmage. He wasn't tackling seven or eight yards um, downfield. Uh, I'll give you a, another much. guy. Another guy, Miles Adams. Miles Adams looked horrible in this game. Had the worst grade. Well, one of the worst grades overall in this game. Yeah, but Miles Adams is a guy. Runs. He's the he's the last man on the defensive line depth chart. He's only playing because Shelby Harris is hurt. It's true, but Shelby Harris is hurt. I mean, it's, yep. it, well, it is what it is. I Shelby mean, Harris. They've also so they they lost their best um, defensive lineman because Shelby Harris was was like one of the guys. Him and Al Woods were both playing well up front, and that's it. Um, Huna Ford has not shown up this year the way he has in past years i don't know if it's the new scheme and what they're asking him to do or um you know that they're moving him around a little bit but he just hasn't been as good so just overall just real quick is it the scheme is it the players is it the communication it seems like we've seen this movie now three years in a row keith where the defense starts like this and they they make some you know interesting players only meeting and they dumb down the scheme a little bit and all of a sudden we look better is that what we're going to be looking at in another couple of weeks or what's going on um 
I don't know. Uh, I I have a, like the last couple of years. It was there was some there were some coaching issues that were that were part of the problem. There was some um, guys just playing like freelancing instead of doing their job. Yes, are you seeing um, that right now? It's hard to tell because of the the new scheme switching to a three four. It looks like you have guys not that that they're freelancing and getting themselves out of position because they're not doing their job that way. They're just failing at their job. Um, and mainly, I'm talking about the edge setters, the um, uh, Daryl Taylor, Quentin Jefferson, um, uh, Boye Mafe, just not able to stop the runs from getting around the outside looked good though he looked good at times he yeah also failed to set an edge came running inside and watched the um the running play run around him right back to where he was um you know at least a couple times it it's a hard it's you know i don't want to be too critical of the young guys because they're up there and they're they're learning the, the the game still moves really fast for them and they're asked to make these reads you know, in a split second. But a lot of the um, problems we're seeing are guys that are seasoned guys. Yeah. Really you know, are. the inter- the interesting thing is, is that um, we kind of expected this mm-hmm. on the offense, but not on the defense. I mean, we kind of went into the season thinking that the offense was going to be kind of a hot mess. We're going to have a hard time scoring points. Geno Smith's going to kind of struggle. The offensive line has got a couple of rookies and a new center. It's going to it's going to be kind of hit and miss. Uh, we weren't talking about the defense being the issue, uh, holding this team back from from being in games, but it is. And it's hard to pinpoint because, like you said, you can't even tell if it's the scheme or if it's the player because the play is so bad. It's like uh, I watched Cody Barton isolated on a play that, um, that, that, that was on Twitter, and um, he clearly missed getting into the hole. But speculation from, um, you know, like Brock Heward and those guys is that it was really a Miles Adams issue, that Miles Adams filled the wrong gap. Cody Barton saw that, needed to, needed to compensate, came inside, and the run just went right around him on the outside. It was just a poor read all around. But um, the initial blame was Adams did not, his assignment was incorrect. So it, it's yeah, just one you, of those deals when you're doing when you're doing that when you're missing your assignments especially on the on in a three four as one of the defensive linemen um everything behind you is messed up you can't have guys missing assignments if a guy misses a tackle and it ends up being an a, you know an eight or nine yard run that sucks but at least everyone did their job you got you put someone in position to make the play and he just missed it if you are not doing your job you're setting up everyone else um on the defense there to get beat too and you've got to uh, you've got to do your job uh if you fail at it because you're not good enough player well that's a different thing it's different than if you are just not in position because you decided to do something else so um everybody the the consensus i want to see if you're in the consensus bucket or if you're in the um contrarian bucket keith on the offense in this game uh, everybody i'm always contrarian it doesn't matter the topic everybody seems to think geno smith had a had a really solid game wasn't the difference maker in the game as far as win uh, the win or loss and you could argue that he kind of helped the team at least be in con- 
uh, in this game. Um, overall, the, the running game looked a little better. They had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, you know, uh, the tight ends came to play again. Uh, the offensive tackles looked good, created a nice pocket for Gina to operate in. Overall, until the last drive, you know, it was it was it was a pretty good outing, I thought, by the offense. Yeah, what do I you mean, think overall? I thought the offense did enough to win. Um, granted, in I, I in this game, I'd love to see them. I'd love to see them, you know, be a little more efficient on third down and that kind of stuff. And I'd love to see them uh, do a better job uh, in terms of just making uh, making plays when they need to be made. I mean, because they, they make a bunch of plays in a row and everything looks good, and then things bog down and they settle for a field goal and. I think yeah. that's a, I think that that's partly a quarterback talent issue, but um, overall, I think the the offense was good enough for this team to win. You need the defense to step up and make a play or you need Geno Smith to be, to do Russell Wilson things. And at the end of the <laughs> right, game, right at the end of the game, when you have the ball at two fifty three left um, and you're down uh, by four to take the team down the field and score. So let's talk about that drive. So Geno gets the ball. We start we start driving. He makes some great plays. We had a good uh, run. We had a, a good throw to set us up uh, down the field in mm-hmm. uh, deep in Falcons territory. And then Damian Lewis, how his second holding call of the quarter that put him back uh, ten yards. And then they started to press a little bit. They got uh, I think they got sacked once. Gino got sacked. And then he pressed at, at the last second there and threw the interception on fourth down with 18 to go or something like that. So that was the end of that. And but I agree with you overall that um, they you know they were successful in in driving. They only had the ball uh, possession wise three times in the second half. That's not on the offense, I don't think. No, um, they they only that's... scored three points out of that, and they didn't sustain you know the other two drives they did have but they've got to have four or five opportunities in a half. I mean, they just do. Most mm-hmm. most offenses do in the NFL. Um, Seattle's clearly the worst defense currently in the NFL right now. Um, they're 31st overall in stopping the run. The only other team that's worse is Houston, uh, yeah. which was projected to be the worst team in the NFL this year. And so it's 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 kind of bleak a little bit, at least on the defensive side. Pete seems optimistic that he's going to be able to figure it out and throw situations at it. He's he's going to change up personnel. It sounds like sounds like Boy Mafe is in fact going to take more reps on first and second down, as well as Which the I think other kid. What's what's the other kid's name? Um, Daryl Johnson. So Daryl Johnson was signed off a practice squad a couple of weeks ago. Was expected to kind of just be a special teams player comes on, starts playing inside the defense, and they they figure out he's pretty instinctive and can can actually play. And so he's now earned more uh, opportunities as well in the in this last game. And the guy that has is going to have plays taken away from him is Daryl Taylor, mm-hmm. our second round draft pick from from three years ago. Who missed his rookie year, um, then came back and looked great last year, but he looked great because they had him as an edge rusher. This whole idea of putting him outside and having him um, cover and uh-huh. read the run and all those kind of things, it's not working. So either, you know, he's got to 
get more reps and practice and, and really learn that part of it, or they need to use him as a pass rusher and have him in there on third and long and have basically switch roles between him and Boye Mafe. Which is crazy because they thought Boye Mafe needed more developmental time and he would be the situational pass rusher this year. Yeah. But you got to do what you got to do. I mean, those are the guys that you've got. You got to work with. Taylor's them. not playing well. Mafe, give him a shot, right? So before we get too much uh, further along, I want to uh, let everybody know Seattle signed a running back, uh, Godwin Iwabuke, Iwabuke um, to the practice squad after a workout. Seattle also worked out notable players. Baylor running back um, Abram Smith came in for a workout as well as uh, post, uh, well, past uh, offensive center Joey Hunt. I, I found the Abram Smith workout interesting would have hoped they signed him i think they went with godwin because of just the uh, three years experience he's also got kick return experience actually pretty dynamic in that role for the detroit lions um but but abram smith to me had better upside as a running back so we'll see how that goes so is all of that in response to the um to travis the, homer uh, travis homer yeah, because I'm not my brain went my my brain went tumor. I'm like, nope, that's not it. <laughs> Travis, Travis Homer. Homer. Yeah, um, has a rib yeah. injury. It looks like he's going to be out one or two weeks. Yeah, so him being out one or two weeks, I'm okay. Go get sign a guy to a practice squad, but it, this isn't a move where you're like, okay, you're going and getting someone who you're expecting to have to play. Correct. Right? If if anything, he's one of the call ups off the practice squad because um, you can call up a guy, but twice now and before you have to sign him and let Correct. him play those couple of weeks or just be active for special. Yeah, I agree. And then, um, yeah. So a book is uh, 28 years old, six foot, 212 pounds out of Northwestern university had a nice 40 yard kick return last December. If anybody remembers against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Now a word from our new sponsor, Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of the Foo Fighters, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge, trust me. Raycon's give you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycon's price just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. When I'm using my Raycons, I have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and noise isolation. Whether I'm in the studio or listening to my favorite band, my Raycons are great. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash TPPN. What else? So let's talk. Let's talk about the offense a little bit. Um, I mentioned the only had uh, three second half drives um, and, and scored or ran for not ran, gained 68 yards and had a field goal in that, um, in that second half. Um, in the first half, Smith went 18 to 25 for 218 yards and two touchdowns. So the, I, I thought he played really good. I mean, if you really just, no, I thought he played well. Yeah. The he bias played, stuff away well. from Smith that, that we kind of he both played, have, cause we're, he played well in the first half. 
Yeah. Like his his completion percentage is down from previous games. Um, but the reason why it's down is because Not he wasn't much, dumping though. it. He wasn't dumping everything off, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage or one or two yards downfield. He was actually completing the balls down down the field. Mm-hmm. His um, at one point his uh, yards per attempt was like nine point two, and yes. for a guy that that typically averages, you know, in the five and sixes, um, note that seven and a half is kind of considered minimum. Um, for him to be up there, I mean, th- he was playing great, but. Then what happened in the second half? Yeah. So right. I don't know what happened exactly in the second half. We didn't have very many drive opportunities. That's one issue. And then the other issue is that we just made mistakes. I think Damian Lewis, in, in that first holding call that he had, killed a drive. We ended up first and 20, couldn't convert, had to punt the ball. And then that last drive, we had the holding call at the end there that, that forced a desperation situation. So it's... <laughs> I don't blame Gino for that necessarily. I really don't. I think any quarterback could have made that interception at the end there. But but you know the the I think the the bigger thing is he, they were in a position. I think Gino needs to to convert those things, but it's hard to convert fourth and eighteen. It just is, <laughs> especially when you're in the you know closer to the red zone. You're at the end of games. Yeah, but why are you in you're, you're in fourth and eighteen in part because of the uh, penalty? Okay, but what about the other three plays? Right, you because the penalty doesn't advance the down. You still had four plays to get those twenty yards, and you got two of them. Let's see. Let me see. So we had twenty yards on nine plays that led to a punt. Then twenty-five yards on nine plays in the game-ending interception. I don't have any further details. I can't remember. Honest. Um. Yeah, but overall, though, I mean, we we had we converted more than fifty percent of our third downs. You mentioned you'd like to see a little, little increase, but that's that's where you kind of want to be. That's the sweet yeah. spot. And I mean, then they, they won they the time were... of possession for the first time this year, and they won the turnover battle. I mean, they did everything they could do as far as an offense. I think to to be in any game against any opponent. Now, yeah. granted, Keith, this was one against one of the worst defenses that the Seahawks will see all year in mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons. So I want to take that with a grain of salt, but they did what they needed to do. It was this was all on the defense to me, as far as win or lose in this game. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I will agree with that. I, the The offense did a lot in the first half. They did less in the second half, um, even in terms of an efficiency standpoint. Yeah, they only had three chances, but they didn't do as much with those three chances, right? Um, and but they did enough. You get 23 points, like you have a defense that's um, worth a damn against a what should be a fairly bad offense, and you win that game. And they yeah. didn't. They didn't yeah. win that game because, um, you know, 5.8 yards per rushing attempt. That's it. That's just against us. Yeah. And and 168 yards. Yeah. You're not winning a lot of games when you're giving up that you're getting gashed like that again um, in the running. Game. True. And they allowed explosive pass plays. I think uh, uh, Mariota had seven uh, pass plays over 15 yards mm-hmm. and five of them were over 20. And well, the, it's, the first tough. in the first half, um, Seattle secondary didn't play well. Tariq um, Woolen had the interception, which actually was one of the highlights. I mean, Tariq oh, yeah, Woolen's going to be a not, player. I really, but I'm not. Him. 
but I'm not, I mean, outside of that play, he got beat a couple times. Mike Jackson, you know, did not look yeah, good. I think so I, let's talk about this. I texted you, depth. I texted you in, um, at some point late in the second quarter. And I'm like, it feels like, um, you know, the clock is struck 12 on our Cinderella secondary. Um, because these kids that Josh Jones, yeah, yeah, Josh Jones, Mike uh, Jackson, yeah. and even Treek Woolen had a you know had some bad plays in there. It was like all of a sudden these guys weren't playing well. Yeah, and where where was this depth and the talent and everything that we were yeah. seeing earlier? Where's Artie Burns and where's where's Jones? Mm-hmm. You know, are those guys coming back? Or you know, our uh, coach said Artie Jones, Artie Burns, excuse me, is coming back um this this week and should be available and and whatnot um i don't know what's going on with with jones um he should be out there i mean he was our best cornerback last year he was projected to be our best corner this year yeah and Artie burns was the guy that was supposed to be potentially cut and whatnot Artie burns ended up being the best um corner through three weeks of camp ended up getting a little dinged up at the end there and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden mike jackson takes his role because he can't go the first week. Mike Jackson hasn't been playing well. I mean, he had the the block punt return for a touchdown. Uh, but overall, I'd say he's, you know, below league average as a, oh, as yeah. a corner he's, on this he's team. The, he's fifth out of five um, at uh, cornerback on the depth chart. So my expectations for him being out there starting and playing every down uh, aren't that he's going to be you know, a difference maker and a guy that you can count on to make plays and all of that. He's down on the depth chart for a reason, but Jones and Burns aren't out there and they've got, um, you know, Kobe Bryant playing exclusively in the slot right now. So that means Jackson's out there playing. And I don't necessarily blame the defensive backs for the ills that are in the Seahawks defense right now, because it really does all start up front. Um, when you're, when you're giving up 160 yards a game and you, you, you are ranked 30th or 32nd in the NFL and in defending the run teams take advantage of that because you can do run, um, you know, play action and all sorts of things to kind of bring the defenders up and it makes it more difficult to defend passes. And, um, that's what's happening, I think. Um, and, and, and we've got new players and, and rookies and guys that haven't played a lot in the NFL. You got Kobe Bryant out there, Tariq Woolen, Mike Jackson. Those guys are inexperienced, learning on the job. And so it's it, it makes it hard. And, of course, Diggs, you can say that he hasn't looked great or he's playing underperforming or whatever. He's being asked to do a lot right now without an, a lot of help, especially since Josh Jones was, was kind of looking okay in, in preseason, but that has not translated to the regular season he looked great in the preseason not good he looked great and so when adams went down we're like well at least we've got jones who's going to be able to come in and um play well because we know he's a good player but he i mean okay he was second on the team in tackles in this game um behind uh brooks so that's something i mean he's means he's coming up and making tackles Mm -hmm. Uh, most of those are coming in the running game because uh, the running backs are, you know, they're getting through the line without being touched. And it's either who gets there first, um, Jordan Brooks or the strong safety Jones. Right. Um, but so I thought, I mean, he's, hasn't been like bad, but he hasn't been like great. 
Yeah, I and think he's been okay in tackling, um, but he hasn't been great in coverage. See, I'd like to see them get Ryan Neal in there more. Yeah. Or at all. So <laughs> Right. I haven't we haven't called Ryan Neal's name. I haven't even seen him out there for three weeks. Yeah. And maybe that's on me, but I, you know, he's played a, noticed. He played a little bit in um three safety sets, um, but not enough. So I think, you know. We've seen some good play out of the rookie Boye Mafe lately. I, he's going to get a, a chance, more opportunities. I think that's great. Get those young guys out there and see what they've got. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is the year. That it doesn't look like they're going to have a great record. Let's go ahead and find out. Al Woods ends up being our best defensive player currently through three games, which is not expected, but I'm, I'm glad to see Al Woods having a good good year. Puna Ford is doing would you, okay. Would you say Al Woods or um, New Tariq? Uh, or Tariq Woolen. I'm well, kind of bullish Woolen, on the on the kid. I'm, I know yeah, that he's made a few mistakes, Keith, but he's got near yeah, 70 pass grade coverage. I know he's made a few mistakes, but they're asking him to do an awful lot out there. Yeah, but so you're you are you're giving him extra credit because he's a rookie and all of that, but and with yeah, potential. No but in terms of actual play. Actual um, play, not, I think he's doing well. I think the team loves. I know, him. I think so too, but I don't think he's in contention for the best defensive player. He's not. I think well, it's either yeah, right, right. It's, okay, it's is doing good. Nucheno, uh, Numasu. Those are your. Those are your options. Because, so far, and nobody else. Nobody and that's else how deserves, bleak it really is, Keith. Yeah, no one else deserves consideration except for those no. two guys. No, and I, you know, it's it's interesting because I was thinking forward to the to the draft next year. And we've talked a lot about needing a quarterback right away. And now that Gino's kind of playing a little bit and you're seeing kind of the way the draft's going to fall, even if we have a top five pick um, and, and having the defense be so poor and having so many needs, defensive tackle and edge rusher, we're not getting any pressure yet on the quarterback. Our middle linebackers and our outside linebackers are just not suited for this scheme or they're just not good players. We'll find out in the next, you know, several weeks. Um, like Cody Barton, it's like we need to replace that guy. I mean, he's just not a starting caliber linebacker in the NFL. Um, what what do we do? I mean, there, it just seems like there's so many holes now, and I wasn't um, anticipating that. Can, I guess you you can win with a, a below average inside linebacker. You can't win with a below average quarterback. And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
you so you're be. you're in the don't draft Will Anderson camp with the number one overall pick. You no. would rather draft a quarterback, one of the yeah, three go, big guys available. Go draft CJ Stroud and and don't think twice about it because you literally cannot win um, without a quarterback. You need you have to you have to do that with the first. Currently, though, the Seahawks aren't aren't necessarily losing because of Geno Smith, though. Doesn't matter. It, you, they're they're not losing because of Geno Smith, but they're he's also not going to win them games. You That's need a player true, who can Keith. win you That's games. Very true. And the thing is that with um with another first and two seconds, you can go get defensive players with those three picks. Will Anderson isn't going to make a big enough different difference. Um, to all of a sudden make your your bad defense good, right? Um, the only they're probably the only defensive player in the NFL that could make a bad defense look good is Aaron Donald. Everyone okay. else, you need, I agree. You need multiple guys. I just don't. That I mean, you're you're definitely draft. If you draft a quarterback first, I totally get it, and I'm with you. I'm I'm there with you. I'm obviously playing a little bit of a devil's advocate with this discussion, but um, C.J. Stroud is not going to solve all the problems. Um, in fact, if you have a, a team where you draft a C.J. Stroud, but you don't have a roster ready made to accommodate him chances are you could potentially ruin him because you don't have yeah, but the, got the, the, the people got the around weapons. him. That, that's, that's not the case on the offense where they've got an offensive line. They've got running backs. They've got receivers. They've got tight ends. What they don't have is a quarterback. The problem for, with um, Seattle right now is the lack of, of, of a good quarterback and the lack of a defense. Well, go get CJ Stroud and you're going to put him out there where he's going to have time. He's got guys that can get open. He's got a running game that'll help him out. Um, and then you use your other three picks um, to help go work and make your defense better. But uh, Jadavian Clowney wasn't, wasn't good enough as a first overall pick at defensive end to make a bad defense. Good. Right. Miles um, Garrett has been great on a bunch of really bad defenses. Um, and these are first overall pick defensive ends. They're guys that have been really good, but they're not. The defenses around them aren't good enough, and you end up, they don't, it doesn't equate to wins. Um, so, but a quarterback can equate to wins. And then you go build up the rest of the defense, but you build it up with three guys, not one. That's That's very smart. I mean, Absolutely. I think that that's, that's exactly the way that you would build this team. Um, but, and as bad as Denver's looked so, as hard, bad as so, Denver's looked so far, yeah, yeah, I get they've, they've got, they've managed to eke out wins against bad teams these last two weeks. Um, but they look awful and Russell Wilson looks really bad so far. Um, he look he looks him and Geno Smith, I bet have similar stats and that, is, well, Geno Smith is is statistically far ahead of him, actually. Yeah. Um, and so how's that for making Seattle's front office look good? Uh, right. Trading Russell Wilson at, at apparently the exact exactly the right time. Um, yeah. Now, I expect Wilson to, like him and his receivers and his line and all that stuff, they'll get it together. Um, 
but at least as of right now through three through three weeks like denver looks like a team that's going to have a top 10 pick seattle's going to have a top five pick um that's a lot of talent since you have both those in both the first and the second round so uh status update keith how you feeling what do you what do you want to see what's um what are you seeing that you can take away that's positive and what is the the number one thing that you feel like is going to be the most difficult to overcome this year um positive there's a lot of positives that i'm seeing the two rookie tackles um continue to um make strides they're they've been i mean have they been perfect no but they've been good and the cx haven't had you know good play at both tackle positions since they drafted Jermaine Fetty. um like it's been that long and maybe even before that it's you know what i mean it's been a it's been rough and so seeing that that's been good you know the tight ends getting involved um Kobe you know, Parkinson. Kobe Parkinson's looking like a natural pass catcher. It's like, hey, this is what we thought we drafted three years ago. Right. Um, you know, Disley's out there making plays and doing stuff. And you know, fans got, you know, all the talent. So uh, I like that they're able to use the tight ends. It isn't it uh, that appears to be more of a Russell Wilson thing than a, an offensive scheme thing um in terms of the tight ends. So uh, there's lots that I like in there and, and Tariq Woolen. I mean, you can't say enough about him as far as looking good. So, uh, so that's as far as the positives, uh, those are the things that I look at. Um, you ask where I'm at, like where I'm, what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like this is a top five draft pick team. Atlanta was, is one of those teams that they traded away, um, some of their best players. They kept one of their, of, of their, of their star players. Um, and traded away the rest of them, and Seattle just lost to that team. Yeah. So um, Atlanta was looking like a team that was going to be right there for the first overall pick. Seattle just lost. Um, yeah, I'm, we got. Yeah, if you really think about it, Keith, we got lucky to come away with a win against Denver. We should be zero and three. And um, and and you take a look ahead. And I don't know the schedule on top of mind after Detroit. I do know it gets more difficult yeah. after Detroit. Detroit's the most winnable game out of the next four, I believe. Yeah. And we're on the road against Detroit. And Detroit, while uh, I, you know, they struggled a little bit, but I thought Jared Goff looked looked good in that game. They're they're looking good. They're looking like a, a competent, well coached team who's on the uprise, and we'll we'll see how it goes on the road with them. Yeah, so their upcoming schedule is Detroit, then the Saints, which have a good defense, um, the Cardinals, which that'll be interesting because the Cardinals haven't looked good this year, and mm-hmm. then the Chargers. Um, and then they play the Giants and then the Cardinals again. And that gets you all the way into um November. That's a that's a stretch where, you know, there's some winnable games there with the Cardinals, the Giants, and the Lions. They're not gonna be favored in any one of those games. <laughs> They'll they'll probably be favored against the Giants. Mm, I don't know. Um, Giants are pretty good, but they won't be favored against any other team. Maybe like I said, maybe the Lions. I haven't looked at the line yet this this week, um, but I don't think they'll be favored against the Cardinals. They certainly won't be uh, against the Saints and the Chargers. So you're looking at, um, I'd say, best case scenario out of those six games would be two and four. Yeah. Worst case scenario would be zero oh and six. Yeah interesting so, yeah i mean this is we, we pointed to the atlanta game as being a 
kind of a critical must-win game only because the schedule doesn't get any easier. And what does it say about your team if you lose to Atlanta at home? At and home. and we just did. And Atlanta so, might Atlanta might be the least talented team in the NFL. Maybe Houston, um, one of those two. They're they've got talent in the right spots, so that's helped. But overall, top to bottom, the, uh, in terms of roster talent, them and Houston are, I would say, are at the bottom. Um, and see, the Seahawks just lost to them in a game when the, the defense looked terrible. Have we even been blitzing at all, played, Keith? They have, but not a lot. Um, they're doing a lot of four-man rushes, I think, in order to try and protect um, the secondary because you've yeah. got guys like Mike Jackson out there that are, um, I just thought we'd be a little bit more aggressive mm -hmm. uh, as a defense. We were told that. We were told we were going to be a more aggressive defense. That seems to, like translate to me into stops behind the line of scrimmage and sacks or disrupting plays so much that you're causing turnovers. And I haven't seen any of that. There's no um, physical identity to that defense yet at all. And no. I'm, I'm waiting. I, you know. Anyway um let's get out of here we've got a uh, another show coming up this week another two shows coming up this week we'll have lots to talk about and um, we'll preview that detroit game uh at the end of the week as well uh anything before we get out of here no let's just um let's 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 flush this game and um uh move on and and you know let's see what they do this week this is another winnable game you're playing the lions they're well coached but they're not particularly talented so Go get a win. I think, yeah, I, I mean, I want to win this year. I really do. I'm still like, I'm rooting for the team. I want the team to do well. I think the defense needs to play a lot better for the Seahawks to have a chance to be in games um, mm -hmm. in order for us to, to, the offense, I think if we can keep doing what we're doing, that's okay. I mean, that's good enough. If you can have the defense come up and play at the same level, I think we could be a, you know, a 500 team, uh, but it's, it's just one of those deals. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Hit that subscribe button and share it with friends and family. Till next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.